So when I was living in Hampstead in 92, 93, I was at to be or not to be Carlingford Road in Hampstead. And where were you? I was on Denning one block over. You were like one block from the high street, right? Yes. Yeah. I was two blocks from the high street. Wow. Closer to the Heath. Yes. I'll have to <laughs> consult my A to Z. <laughs> remember, remember those? <laughs> Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever it is, wherever you are. I'm Austin Titchener, one-third of the Reduced Shakespeare Company, and you're listening to this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast, now in its 15th year, number 735, Meet Susie Nakamura. Susie Nakamura is an old friend from Chicago and a familiar face from her many appearances on film and television. Susie's now in London shooting the second season of Avenue 5, Armando Iannucci's comedy on HBO and Sky TV starring Hugh Laurie and Josh Gad about an interstellar cruise ship that gets knocked off course and struggles to return to Earth. Susie and I haven't chatted in years and our conversation roamed all over the place and we began by comparing where we've both lived lived. Now I'm in Camden, oh. right by the canal. Oh, that's pretty nice too. It's really nice because I can walk everywhere, right? So we're in tier four lockdown restrictions right now. So there's, right. I'm not really affected by the restrictions because I don't have kids in schools. I'm not an essential worker. I'm not mixing with the other households, <laughs> you know, so like nothing really affects me. You can't really go out with two more than two people at a time, but I that's not a concern of mine either. So I can kind of go anywhere I want. Yeah. As long as I'm going somewhere, like as long as I'm going to the grocery store, but I could also um, exercise. So I, I can walk to Regent's Park. I can walk to Primrose Hill. I can walk along the canal. Mm. Today I walked to the zoo and saw a camel. I mean, it's like... <laughs> Where do you, do you shoot? We shoot at uh, Warner Brothers Leavesden, which is n northwest of London. Yeah, that's where the Harry Potter studios are, were, aren't they? Yes, yeah. yes. And one of our stages at the end of season one, one of our stages was on the opposite wall, I think, of one of the, of the studio tours. And I think at some point, either they had to be quiet or we had to be quiet. I'm not sure, but that's how close we were to the Harry Potter tours. Wow! Yeah, the, yeah. The 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 competing noises from <laughs> the world of wizardry and witchcraft and exploding spaceships. Yes, a lot of swearing and screaming, <laughs> and a disaster on a cruise ship. Have you been there and back, or did the lockdown start while you were there and you've been stuck there this whole time? Um, I'm not really stuck here. I mean, obviously, they asked me if I wanted to go home, but all this. Um, can I swear on your podcast? I leave in shits and bleep out fucks. Do whatever you want. Okay, so all the shit went down uh, while in the, you know, kind of like in Los Angeles while I was here. Like it, they were calling it ground zero and the infections were spiking. So I opted to stay here because look, I'm just gonna sit in my apartment in Los Angeles right. and not not be able to see camels. So I, I would rather be. Stuck we haven't reached that level of apocalypse yet where camels are roaming the streets. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I opted to stay here and, you know, we're, we're delayed, but so I'm just going to wait it out. 
Well, I was so excited to see that uh, Avenue Five was getting a second season. And I may be, because I may be wrong about this, is this the first show where you've been a series regular that got more than one season? No, uh, Dr. Ken got two seasons. I, I, that Dr. Ken was going to be uh, one of my, uh, one of my guesses, but I never watched Dr. Ken. <laughs> Although I love you and him and not you and him as uh, you and he as a, as, as a couple is such a fantastic idea. I don't, I honestly, like we have a lot of, you and I have a lot of friends on television. I don't watch, I don't watch any of it. I, I mean, not, not intentionally, but I'm, I'm always overjoyed and thrilled and giddy when I see someone I know on a show that I already watch. Right. But it it never turns out well if you want people to watch something or God forbid, ask someone to watch something. It, it's, you're just asking for trouble. I'm always happy to watch somebody do something on TV because I don't have to leave my house. <laughs> so please that? send me an invitation to your TV show, but not your play, because chances are I won't get to your play. <laughs> um, I'm I'm going to uh, the Bible of the industry, IMDb, right now to okay. look at my, to look at um, season one, episode twelve of The West Wing, just to see if we actually worked together. I I'm not sure you were in that episode. Oh, so see, I did. I think I did like five or six episodes. And then I got a series regular role on another NBC show. And so they were both NBC shows, so they were very kind to me. But I basically had to shoot my uh, regular show, I should say, uh, uh, for, you know, three weeks. And then I can only shoot The West Wing on my hiatus. So then I could only. Right. So the rest of the season was kind of whatever. Was there ever any plan that you and, and Rob Lowe's character, Sam Seaborn, were going to have a kind of a Josh and Donna romance? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, I, it was so funny because anytime we talked with Aaron Sorkin at lunch, something we said offhandedly would end up in the script. Nice. And one of, one of, the, one of the conversations we had were the, were the names in Gilligan's Island. <laughs> <laughs> and someone said like how come no one's named ginger anymore and so he named one of the characters ginger like based on that conversation That's but when i first got when i first got the show and i went for the table read roblo had not been cast yet ah so i kept on saying like who's gonna be who's gonna play sam who's gonna play my boss you know uh, and no one knew. I think they were trying to close it. You know how they are so secretive about that kind of stuff. They wouldn't yeah. tell me. But at the table read, Aaron read all, all of Sam's lines. And I had no idea who he was. So I was like, who's this guy? <laughs> he, he gets it. <laughs> um, I was, you know, I was going to ask, uh, this conversation is going all over the place, which I'm fine <laughs> with about. Um. Do you, when, when my mom was alive, she used to say to me after she'd see me playing an asshole doctor or lawyer, she'd say, honey, they never let you smile. And I go, well, mom, the checks are clearing and I'll play the bad guy and it's all good. But do you ever get that too? Because I think of you as such a silly, funny person. And yet most of your TV work, film work is all very dry and deadpan, including your work on Avenue 5. Just, do you ever get that same sort of comment from a family member? Uh, no, I don't think so. Well, first of all, my whole family's dead. So that's probably the main reason. That's no, um, no, I don't. 
No, I don't. Do you ever feel like could I could I could I do I do I do I have to keep being deadpan in this? Can I do something more silly? I don't know if I like being silly because I don't think I like being myself, if that ah. makes any sense. Yeah, it makes total sense. Um I mean I'm happy to do it as you say for a check. <laughs> <laughs> but there's something about, I mean, I think a lot of actors would say this is the reason they're doing this is because they don't like being themselves, right? Or right. hiding or masking or coping or whatever it is. Yeah. Um and or or they or we just like pretending. Uh, I feel that I feel that's really true. And I like um, I like playing, and I don't know if the same is for you, but I, I like playing almost unlikable characters because I feel we've been studying them our whole lives, right? right. They enrage us, they anger us, they frustrate us. We have to deal with them everywhere all the time. And so there is something really satisfying about being able to play them so that other people can dislike them as well. And you get to say things that we sort of all wish we could say at a certain time. Yes, there's something yeah. really, you know, uh, gratifying about yeah. that. I also think it's cathartic in this kind of in the same way is that if I behave like an asshole on TV, I don't have to behave like an asshole in real life because I've gotten it out of my system. Yes, yes. Or if someone's being irrational, right, or um, inappropriate that we, that, and behave in a way that we're not really allowed to, there's something very freeing in doing that. Hi, I'm Frances Callier. And I'm Angela V. Shelton. And we're Frangela. And you're listening to the Reduced Shakespeare Podcast. What? Yes. Merrily and yay verily, motherfuckers. Where can you RSC the RSC? Right now, the only place to see the remote Shakespeare company is online. We've created a page at our website, ReducedShakespeare.com, and a playlist on our YouTube page, where right this second you can watch us perform many of our epic abridgments from the comfort of your own shelter. You can also grab your own copy of Pop-Up Shakespeare, written by me and Reed Martin, and beautifully illustrated by Jenny Mazels. It's on sale worldwide, and you can find links to independent bookstores in the U.S. and the U.K. on our website. And now back to my conversation with Susie Nakamura, who's currently shooting the second season of Avenue 5. What was it like for you when you went out, first went out to L.A. after Second City? Was it, was it, uh, did you, did, like several of our friends did, did you get a, did you get a job that brought you out to L.A. or did you go out and start auditioning and looking for work? I did not have a job. I mean, we all kind of came out around the same time in a very short period of time, maybe like a year or two. All sort of, of mid to late nineties. Yeah, all of my peers were coming around, were coming out the same time, or going to New York. Right, right. And we were all unemployed, and we would meet at the farmers market and sit, just sit around and read the paper. Yep. Um. We didn't have agents. We didn't have connections. <laughs> oh my God, it sounds so how, sad. So how, did you, how did you start getting work then? Did you get an agent uh, first or a job first? I didn't have an agent. Uh, no one was interested. I, you know, we had VHS tapes back then and, and I only had three. 
So when they rejected me, I had to physically go to the agency and pick up the tape again so I can send it out. And uh, I was babysitting. That's how I started. I babysat Jeff Garland's kid and Kenny's kid and your kids and the Finns. Oh my God, I babysat a lot of kids. Well, and that's why, I, it's another reason why I'm so thrilled that you're on Avenue 5 because I think one of the times you babysat for us was when a Star Trek movie came out. You said, well, you, you have to see that movie on its opening day, I'll watch the kids. It was, it's that important. It is. You understand the important things in life. <laughs> yes. And I, to Austin, I'd be like, you know what? I'll take the hit. I'll take, <laughs> I'll take the hit. You and D enjoy yourselves. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, still indebted. And uh, I'm only disappointed that your email address is no longer Naka Kitty. I know. That was your favorite. <laughs> but no, you have to be grown up and professional. I get it. I guess. Whatever. How did you get cast on Avenue 5? I auditioned, like, I worked with Armando on Veep. I read the scene and I loved it. And I knew right away that I could sort of inhabit this character. <laughs> and uh, they said, I couldn't reschedule. He was in Los Angeles for one day. Um, and I went and I saw all these heavy hitters there. And so I just thought like, all right, I'm just gonna throw my hat in the ring. Um, but I was one of the first people cast, so I was really happy. Well, uh, I would th I would think that you're one of those heavy hitters now. I mean, you've been in so many things, and you're if pe even if people don't know your name, I'm sure they recognize your face. I, I imagine other actors walk into a room, see you, and go, "Well, what's the point? I'm, I'm <laughs> going to give it to Susie." I don't know about that, but I, I I don't know. Like for many years, if you were a woman or a person of color, you you would you're never considered a heavy hitter. You're right. considered the bench, even if it's a really strong bench. Yeah. Uh, and unfortunately, you know it it's reflected in how we're credited, how we're paid. Um, there there was a, a show I did where they took cast pictures and then they did alts where I just stepped out of the picture just in case. Oh my God. You know, so, I mean, and that, you know, that's like 20 years ago, but, and they're, you know, they're making improvements, obviously, but, you know, that's, that's sort of the perception too, is, is a mind, you know, if you're an ethnic minority or a woman or whatever it is, your, your part's not going to be as big, you're going to get less lines and you're going to get paid less. Yeah. So. I yeah. mean, I know, I know, I have, I know, I have a lot of credit. I have more credits than people that are paid a lot more than I do. So I'm trying to change that. It's exposure is great and visibility is great, but you know, there's a lot of other avenues that we can fight for so far as equality goes. Are you sh actually shooting oh, yeah. now? No, we were technically on holiday break and we we're supposed to go back, but now we're delayed because of the lockdown. So okay. we're just kind of delayed, but we're supposed to be, we're supposed to start up soon and then shoot till I think April. When did you stop shooting? Right before the holidays. Okay. So you were shooting in the fall. Yes, yes, yes. And what were I the, pro and were they significant protocols? Uh, yeah. And I, I did two shows in Los Angeles before I came here and they're very similar, if not the same. Did you see uh, Armando Iannucci's uh, Personal History of David Copperfield? Just the other night, and I was wondering where you were. Isn't it fantastic? 
fantastic. It was delightful. It was, it, I loved it. It was, it's delightful. I, I, you know, and it made me feel so hopeful for artists of color uh, for the future. And the only time people criticize something like that for being inaccurate is when it's about race. They never criticize a depiction of history on film as being inaccurate because nobody was ever that beautiful back then. They've never, <laughs> they never say that. All the men, didn't all the men play the female roles? And all the men played all the female roles, yeah. I loved David Copperfield. I thought it was great. Oh, and I know I can't be objective, but how great was Hugh Laurie? All the great, I, all, all, yeah. Oh. All of it, all of it. He is so fucking talented, that guy. That's it for this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast. The first season of Avenue 5 is available to stream on HBO Max, and the second season should start airing on HBO and Sky TV later this year. Send us your space travel snafus via email to feedback at reducedshakespeare.com. You can also find us and interact with other fans on our dedicated podcast page on Facebook at RSC Podcast, on Instagram at Reduced Shakespeare Company, or on my preferred platform on Twitter at Reduced. You can also follow me on Twitter at Austin Titchener, and you can follow Susie on Twitter and Instagram at Susie Nakamura. Thanks, as always, to Dickensian character Matthew Croak, web services by Ginger Power Limited, music by John Weber and Garage Band. Our random fan shout-out this week goes to Emily Sly. No reason, it's just random. Special thanks to Frangela, also known as Francis Callier and Angela V. Shelton. And finally, thanks very much to you for listening. Please stay safe, stay home, and keep your masks on. I'm Austin Titchener, 735, 2205ths of the Reduced Shakespeare Company. What's it like working with sort of a comic legend, Hugh Laurie? Uh, he's, I mean, I, I've worked with many talented people. He might be the most talented person I've ever worked with. He can do things like memorize stuff, like memorize lines that he gets in the makeup chair and do them by the time he gets to set. I couldn't do that when I was 28 years old. Not only can I not do that now, I couldn't do it, you know, when my brain was on fire. Yeah. And he just, and he doesn't highlight his scripts either. He just kind of reads it. And that's why everybody hates him, don't they? They don't. They love him. <laughs> he's... And he's very, like, he really took on this sort of captain role. We have an Avenue 5 group text, and he he said, um, my, I want you to know that everyone should take vitamin D because it's going to fight off, and you know, whatever it is, whatever advice he gives him. We're like, yeah, great, we'll take vitamin D. No problem. Yes, sir, Captain. <laughs> This podcast is a production of the Reduce Shakespeare Company. Reducing expectations since 1981. Go to ReduceShakespeare.com for performance dates, actor bios, email newsletters, and so much less. And so much less. And so much less. And so much less. And so much less.